Hi, welcome back. This is Jackie, your host of Talking Without Filter. So, um, it is a new year. Yay! (laughs) It is 2022. I am excited for what this year is going to bring. So far, the beginning of this year has not been good to me. I did have COVID and I'm just getting better. Um, I did have this side effect well these I do have these side effects which are you know just getting real tired easily and this horrible congestion that no matter with medication doesn't go away and this cough and I do get body aches still but I already when I get tested came back and it's negative you know but I am monitoring anything outside of normal I guess Um, but yeah, I'm doing better, I guess. And I just want to thank everybody that did check on me and for the same messages for the, from the listeners asking, you know, what's going on? How come I haven't been uploading? And it was because of that. Otherwise I would have been uploading, uh, like I should have, but I I couldn't even talk. That's how bad it was. I had even developed an abscess, which was like a little hole in my throat and it was horrible. So yes. Um, but yeah, let's begin. Today's episode is going to be on self-love. Alright, so we know that um, self-love is a state of appreciation of yourself And it grows from our actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Today I'm going to be touching on dropping that facade, how receptivity changes everything, and shifting our beliefs. But let's get back to self-love. So, self-love, obviously, it's a popular term that we hear everywhere. And you'll hear it in daily conversation. You'll hear it from people. You have to love yourself more. Why don't you love yourself? If you only loved yourself, this wouldn't be happening to you. Or the most infamous, you can't love another person until you love yourself first. Even I have been a person who has said these things. But these are just a few a few <laughs> a few things of self-love directives that we give or suggest so we can live more fittingly self-love is important to living well obviously because it influences who you date who you marry the image you project at work with your friends and family and how you cope with your problems in life So what is self-love? Can you just market to one thing? Is it a beauty makeover or is it a new set of clothes? Can you get more self-love by reading something more inspirational or listening to something inspirational? Or getting into a new relationship make you love yourself more? The answer is no. Because although... All of these things feel good, you know, someone telling you 
like a friend telling you that, oh, maybe if you buy this or get a new wardrobe, get a beauty makeover, etc., etc., they feel good and they're gratifying, but you know, you just can't grow self love in these type of activities because self love isn't just a state of feeling good, it's an appreciation for yourself. It's something that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. You know, it's it grows through actions that mature us. Self-love in ourselves, we begin to accept much better than our weaknesses as well as our strengths, have less need to explain why, and we're having compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find a personal meaning and it's just it's crazy how some people try to make money off of this as in tell you buy my book so you can find self-love or buy my makeup so you can feel that self-love or buy this so you can feel that self-love yes like i mentioned it Although they feel good and they're gratifying, you can't grow in self-love through these type of activities. And you're saying, how can we cultivate self-love? Well, we need to be mindful. We need to know what you think, what you feel, and what you want. When you're mindful, you are acting on a knowledge you know rather of what you want than what others want for you you know what i mean and obviously self-care when you practice self-care meeting your basic needs you're self-nourishing yourself daily through healthy activities like sound nutrition exercise proper sleep intimacy and healthy social interactions and important one, you're setting boundaries. You'll love yourself more when you set limits or say no to work, love, or activities that deplete or harm you physically, emotionally, spiritually, or express poorly who you are. So if you don't feel that you're acting a certain you act a certain way, but you hang out with people that act a different way, the complete opposite of you, and you feel inclined to hang out with them just because they're your friends, you're not setting boundaries. You know, you can always do different things. You don't always have to do what your friends want to do. So let's say your friends want to get drunk all the time and you don't want to get drunk. In fact, you don't even want to drink anymore. And they're like, well, let's go to the bar, blah, blah, blah. You can be like, no, no, thank you. And if you're a good friend, you'll understand. You'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I had an experience where I just wanted to go drink. And I asked my friend if she wanted to go drink. And she's like, no, thank you. I don't feel like doing that today. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, that's all right. Like, I understood. And I wasn't like, why? Why don't you want to go drink with me? Like, I didn't pressure her because... I also have to understand that not everybody wants to do this all the time. And that could be the same thing for her or anybody else. Now, I don't go to bars and drink like that anymore. Um, But yeah, like if someone invites me to go and I'm like, no, thank you. And they keep pressuring me, then they're not letting you set boundaries. 
and you need to protect yourself. And that comes into my next point. Protect yourself. You know, you have to bring the right people into your life. And there's friends who take pleasure in your pain and loss rather than your happiness and success. Believe it or not. And they're like, oh, they're frenemies. Baby, get rid of them. There isn't enough time in your life to waste on people who want to take away the shine on your face. Like, I... You should want to say, I genuinely love myself and life. And you want to say that. You have to say, I genuinely love myself and life. You will love and respect yourself more. And more importantly, forgive yourself. We're so hard on ourselves, and the downside of taking responsibility for our actions is punishing ourselves too much for mistakes. Mistakes that we're making because we're trying to grow and we're trying to learn. And we have to accept our humanness because you have to accept you're not perfect. Before you can truly love yourself, practice being less hard on yourself when you make a mistake. And remember, there are no failures if you have learned and grown from your mistakes. There's only lessons to be learned. Live intentionally. You know, you have to accept and love yourself more no matter what is happening in your life. If your intention is to live a meaningful and healthy life, you're going to make the decision to support this intention and feel good about yourself when you succeed in this purpose. You will love yourself more if you see yourself accomplishing what you set out to do. Establish your living intentions to do this. And whether you choose one or one or two of these self-love actions to work on, you're going to begin to accept and love yourself more. Imagine how much more you're going to appreciate yourself. And it is true that you can only love a person as much as you love yourself if you exercise all of the actions that I am telling you, you know? You're going to allow and encourage others to express themselves in the same way. Because the more self-love you have for yourself, the better prepared you are for healthy relating. And that doesn't always have to mean romantic. So even more, you will start to attract people and circumstances that you support and that support your well-being. And that is when receptivity comes into play. Now let's talk about receptivity and how that changes everything. Usually people who are defensive and are bad at receiving feedback are more likely to damage their relationships and sabotage maybe even their careers and you can suffer from lower levels of happiness and there's people who are very successful and people who are just happier in general that admit that they have so much to learn and that they know how to open themselves to others who can show them the way in all aspects of their life like for example i'll use myself as an example Um, I used to be that way. I used to get very defensive and take things personal when it came to constructive criticism. Sorry. 
until I practice these things, you know? So let's start with believing in our worth. Accepting feedback requires the self-confidence to admit that we have room for improvement because our feelings of self-worth are tied to how we feel about ourselves. And we have to have the strength to accept negative feedback. And having low self-confidence can ruin how we receive feedback. And this feedback either crushes your willpower, your positive attitude, or it can drive us to defend our actions. And that was me. I either took the criticism personal and it made me even more stubborn. I'm like, no, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. And I was looking at it in all the wrong ways. You know, it wasn't helping me get anyway. And so I had to reframe my mental state and make it a positive one. Uh, Regardless of how you're feeling, you know, you have to remember to separate your sense of overall self-worth from the feedback that you hear because you're not being told that your life is a crashing, burning dumpster fire. It's only one thing that could be done better. So, for many of us, our first physical response to feedback is fear and stress. You know, you're hearing feedback, and I know some of us, including myself, can feel our heart rate increasing, our muscles tightening, and you're like, oof, like, what do I do? You know, all of these are red alert signs, and it's telling your brain, like, do we fight or do we flight? And that signal is activating, and you can't absorb the feedback unless you deepen your breathing, take a step back, and focus on the opportunity to improve their relationship with the person that's giving you that feedback. You know, because you're thinking on like, what? how do I answer them? And it's a typical cycle of someone responding in anger while their fight-or-flight response is highly active, you know? But instead of concentrating on your own defensive feelings about what you're hearing, focus your attention towards the person giving the feedback, you know? They've taken the time to tell you something that they noticed about you. And this could be really helpful. And we need to verbalize a gratitude and just be like, thanks for your feedback. When you're verbalizing the gratitude... It lowers the sense of conflict for yourself and the person who delivered the feedback. You know, it rewards the behavior of providing feedback and it reminds you to be grateful instead of defensive. But guess what? You can ask questions, you know? Argument or being petty, stopping healthy dialogue when you receive feedback of why someone brought this to you you're missing a blind spot in your behavior and you're seeking specifics and you should ask like the impact of your behavior can eliminate something you might badly want to improve now the goal is not to counter argue by asking questions but being curious and trying on a new perspective avoid asking why in them for instance because it makes you sound defensive and accusatory and set the wrong tone and instead try active listening or playbacking 
when you repeat or try to rephrase the feedback without judgment. It shows that you've really listened and that you're providing the chance to clarify in case you misunderstood. So if someone says, I think you should work on blah, 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 a bat and you shouldn't do this, a bad response would be, why not? Wasn't my point valid? Or they're taking, they're talking way too long anyways. Instead, you could be like, yes, I jumped in before they were finished. Is this something you noticed before? And you're also wanting to internalize the questioning instead of diving into it with a person right away. Especially if you receive the feedback in a group setting, which the stakes are much higher. And I know that sometimes when someone brings feedback in a group setting, you can feel yourself emotionally and sometimes physically tensing up and needing a break before approaching this topic. But the point is to understand quickly and serenely, and the longer it takes for you to get it, or at least try with a healthy attitude, the harder you're making it for others to coach you. So here, you're going to follow up with the feedback. You know, people are going to be watching closely to see whether you act on it successfully. You know, an example is a person or a manager or something wrote a post admitting to being a jerk and the organization or whatever this is received a feedback and it's making that manager or whoever not only vow to treat others with more compassion but also to be checked both publicly and privately if others saw that they're backpedaling into the bad behavior you know so keep in mind that receiving feedback and committing to change is also important to reconnect with that person or people who are providing that feedback for you because reconnecting is a key moment in the mind of the person providing the feedback and it just shows how you value it so remember practice throughout life you know, building self-confidence, expressing gratitude, ask your questions, follow up, like see why they feel that way without it sounding bad, you know, and this goes beyond yourself to influence your impact on others because, you know, every time you take hard feedback with gratefulness and curiosity, you're increasing the likelihood that others are going to reciprocate it, you know. And every time you reconnect to a colleague or a friend or family on how you're measuring up, they're going to gain faith in you. And this applies strongly outside of the workplace because you're thanking a friend for an ego check. And ego can be something that can destroy you. And people who constantly learn and grow, they climb to success faster because... Their journey upward becomes more enjoyable and rewarding, and relationships improve and honest sharing is cultivated. So next time you feel yourself bristling with frustration when you receive feedback, remember that this is exactly what you need to achieve your most important goals in life. Feedback is a gift, a life-changing one, if you know how to handle it right. Now, we all know that we've done this at one point, 
we all have the facade and we pretend to be something that we're not. But we have to be careful of who we pretend to be. You know, many of us wear masks and we'll have multiple facades in our daily lives. But why? Is it because we don't want to know who we really are? Or maybe you already know who you are deep down and you're afraid to share it. Whether it's a compelling need to please, a veiled self-loathing, you're risking of losing your authentic self. And sometimes we're unaware of how long we've been under this facade that it's eroded our genuine character and we begin to mistake this fake identity for our real selves and that is dangerous because it risks letting mental health, marital wealth, looks, or accomplishments become defiers, definers, excuse me, of personal worth. You know, when you know yourself, but you hide it because you want to please people, you're scared, you don't want to be rejected, that increases a greater risk of isolation. And I know that by personal experience. You know, if you know that you're authentic, but you never show it, no one is going to know who you really are. And, you know, there's grim results to having a facade because, you know, it's often implicated in suicide and it creates, like... How can I explain it? A superficial beauty. You're losing your identity and you're denying your sexuality. And we need to start working towards authenticity. But before we can do that and embark on that journey, we have to begin shedding the layers that aren't reflecting our true self. We need to have more genuine experiences and being seen out in our daily lives. Becoming authentic is also about aligning what you say, what you do, and who you are. We need to drop the act, open up, and be more authentic. We need to see the false front that we have put up. Sometimes we put up a facade because we want to be a different person in front of peers, in front of your parents, in front of your love life, in your love life, and you need to look back on your life, and sometimes when you do look, you notice the inconsistencies and disappointments, and you're like, why didn't I go here, or why didn't I do that, why am I in a place that I don't want to be in? Why do you feel awkward in certain situations? And that's going to get the wheels turning. And it's going to help us work towards a deeper understanding about our intentions and actions. And, you know, once you begin to recognize the facade, 
<clears throat> I'm sorry, you know, with COVID, it just, my throat is, anyways, it helps you think about what's behind these facades, you know? You're going to separate your own point of view from other people's expectations. And you're going to think about your true values, your goals, your ideals. Like, why are you doing this? So, for example, for my Hispanic people. Um, or maybe this applies to anybody because sometimes I see... Like, I've seen on... <clears throat> I'm sorry, y'all. Like, even if I edit out my coughing thingy, it's going to happen. <clears throat> even, like, this can be something universal. A universal experience is what I mean. There's um, parents who expect you to live with them all the time. Or they just don't want you to leave because they want to have a grasp on you. And they care about you or whatever the reason may be. Does being a good daughter mean you can't, or a good son, or however you identify, mean you can't move out of state, even though your career or your dreams require it? Like, does being a responsible father mean you can't start the business of your dreams? Like, it can be scary, but let yourself be heard. Like, there's things that you have to do in order to reach your dreams and your goals. And like I said, it can be scary, but you got to do what you got to do. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. And I know that it can be scary. You can be afraid of failure. We've all had these moments of being genuine and getting hurt. But these moments serve as foundations to our facade. You know, those who embrace those uncomfortable emotions, you're going to find the authenticity and a deeper well-being. And this is going to help you drop the facade. No more wearing a thousand masks. No more being different things or different people for different people. Our concern must be to live while we're alive. And we have to release our inner selves from that spiritual death from that facade, from wearing that mask. We have to stop trying to confirm to external definitions of who and what we are. I know it can be very hard, but you can do it. So, you know how you can make a wish on a star, or on a dandelion, you blow it, or even that eyelash thing where if you get it and then you open your hand and you guess which finger it's on you the top or the bottom, you get to make a wish, right? But if you want to make a wish come true, it really all depends on you. <laughs> so... There, there is a side of wishing and turning dreams and ideas into goals and plans. But that requires taking something out of the realm of procrastination and placing it into the messy real world. Not mentioning going from I wish to I will. Because that requires strength, determination, and discipline. So before you decide on your wishes that should 
you will consider this you may want a wish to stay a wish just like they say be careful what you wish for for example you know wishes with magic require for fulfillment are best left in your fantasy world and um saying this i don't want to be disrespectful to people that do practice that because i don't know if that actually exists or if it's real so i don't want to be disrespectful in that term but in order to turn your wishes into i will you have to expand the vision and take ownership you have to go ahead and dive deeper into the fantasy of your wish and begin to envision the details and how it might play out in the real world you know you're thinking about it like hmm if this was to happen what could really happen and it is a fantasy or a wish but you have to also be realistic in other words you need to focus on both the potential positive and negative outcomes and how it's going to be beneficial in moving that dream into a reality You've got to take the vision off its perfect pedestal and think about the details of that may or may not work in the real world. Write it down. Like I've always mentioned, it's awesome to get a journal and write it down. You want to take ownership of something that is worth to keep. When you're writing it down, you're writing down your dreams and goals and that is a first step in owning them. Now, most of you are like, this is manifestation, could be, but you've got to take the vision of its perfect pedestal and think about the details. Believe it or not, those who exercise self-control and discipline are happier. And not just after they achieve your goals, but today and day process. So, you have to have a great mind of purpose instead of having wishes. But, you also have to dare to dream and dare to make it a purpose and a reality. Now, you have to become stronger, and I don't mean by lifting weights, although you could, because that could help. But I'm talking about mental strength and having a proverbial backbone. You need to be mentally ready, and you need to be sure that you're okay with sacrificing certain things, that you're going to have that discipline, and understand that failure may come with it. We're going to be best friends with uncertainty and discomfort. And it looks like I'm telling you, you got to ruin your life to achieve something. But you just got to get that self-control and discipline. And you will be happier. And you will turn those wishes into I will. but not least we have to shift our beliefs and by that I mean how we see ourselves so you know um, we and this is more like into the dropping the facade as well there's a deep-seated belief that you have about yourself and It's like an old story that you keep telling yourself and it's holding you back. And the story isn't the objective of your day-to-day life, you know? It's the story that you've been telling yourself about who you are 
and how everything plays out. And obviously, there's always something bad that happens. It might be built on the assumption of what you can't do, what always happens, or what never happens. And it's like a little myth that you tell yourself. And for example, my old story is what I do is never enough. And yes, you know, I I, I have my podcast, um, I have my family, I am doing better in health, etc. But there's others doing better, healthier, etc., etc. You know? And that's, uh, like, it's never enough. And it's nothing to brag about, you know, because I'm getting better at writing my story. And you can too. And, you know, there's painful lessons that I have learned. But we have to realize that we are the editors of our life. And one of the cool things about you being your own editor is that, you know, you get to write it basically and whether your words are not matching the pictures when what you're writing doesn't mesh with what you're actually trying to say guess what you have access to a variety of ways to change that and every time it happens to me I'm thinking like well what if we really acted like We are the people that write our story. What if we're too busy living that facade and we're living someone else's story or we're living a story that's not intended for us or a story that we want or we just want to change the script? But guess what? You can. You just need to pay attention to what's going on inside and notice when it includes I always, I'm always, or I never because you're being negative. Think back to being a child and think about the experiences and complete these sentences for you. What more recent experiences caused you to perpetuate your story? It's these moments, these questions of awareness that can that you can shut down or alter the narrative the story and you need to ask yourself is this story about myself true or is it just a bunch of hubla <laughs> you know I do this all the time as well I catch myself and I'm like I'm just not enough and when I say that it's like by whose standard am I not enough well obviously my own <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, is that my mean little truth or is that really true? But again, it's by my own warped standard, of course. But I'm thinking, like, I just, I can't keep beating myself up for having this story keep playing again. It's an old story. And you have to think self-appreciation versus self depreciation and I know I've done this a lot in the past where I where I put 
I'm trash and I just laugh it off like ha but deep down I'm like damn am I trash <laughs> and it's those little things that even if you're joking like it gets to you and you start thinking about it and then you start thinking like should I really keep saying these things and I know some of us use quotation mark dark humor quotation mark to deal with certain things that we can be feeling but if you keep saying it your mind is gonna believe it and it becomes a habit but I'm I began the practice of inserting positive elements into it until it becomes a habit and I've told myself many times now when I catch myself dissing an achievement or anything and I remember how far I've come and it's like okay look at this and look at you now you've come a long way just keep going you just need to get the book that you have and you need to leave it behind because this is what it's all about it's about being self-aware and being and trying to have that positivity in the world because it's just baggage that's weighing you down and you need to cut away what no longer serves you and i'm being serious y'all because i noticed that um some people are rude and they joke about certain stuff and you know it hurts you and they know it hurts you but they're like i'm just kidding or don't take it up the butt or whatever we're taking it too serious but they know it hurts you and then they joke about it like you don't need those type of friends like you really don't you need people who are going to be positive and who want good things for you like you don't need that and if you want to be a certain way be that way If you want to live a certain life, live that life. If you want to rewrite your story, then do it. Because you are the writer of your own life story. I hope that y'all liked this episode. Uh, I liked it, (laughs) of course. (laughs) But I hope y'all like it. And I hope that, you know you are going to fill those pages with promise with positivity and that you realize that you're amazing and that you're awesome and that you can do anything that you set your mind to all right well thank you for listening more episodes are to come i'm working on the other season and i think y'all will like that one as well Here's to more episodes and for more happiness. Thank you.